Hi, my name's Ali, and this is the Rus Files Unite podcast, where we watch Russian films and films with a Russian connection. This time we're doing something a little bit different. We're not watching a film. Instead, I'm here to introduce a conversation I had with Olga Dalietskaya, who is season manager for Kino Klasika, an amazing film foundation here in the UK. So, without further ado, here's my chat with Olga. Hi, Olga. Thank you very much for joining me. So, first of all, could you tell us a little bit about Kino Klasika and what the organization does? Hi, thank you for having me. Oh, you're welcome. Basically, Kino is a film foundation and we highlight films from Russia, the Caucasus, Central Asia, so kind of the post-Soviet region. And we've we've done a lot of interesting film seasons and basically since the pandemic happened, we couldn't do any events or kind of real life film screenings. So we're launching a streaming platform called Classiki that's starting in February, February 4th. And so that's why I'm kind of here to talk about. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. Um, so I've been to a couple of Kino Klasika screenings in London, oh, nice. although I've done them all around the UK. And the last one that I went to was was literally on the 8th of January mm-hmm. last year. It came up on like a, I don't know whether it was a Instagram or like a Facebook or, you know, one of the many platforms memories. I was like, Oh, that was only a year ago. (laughs) It feels like such a Mm -hmm. long time. Just you know the the pace of uh, of time at the moment in in kind of like pandemic world is is very different and strange. But yeah, it's an organisation that I'm so glad for its existence because it means that you know people get to or in normal times get to see these amazing films on the big screen so you know yeah i know not a lot of people know kind of what russian russian cinema is i feel like Mm. mostly like people in the uk just think it's like oh tarkovsky you know yeah 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 so it's it's like post world war ii you've got tarkovsky and then before that you've got eisenstein and then you know that's your russian cinema and like maybe if you're super switched on You've seen some of Andrei Zvyagintsev's films, but it's, there's yeah. a lot more there as well. Yeah, and... it is the Tarkovsky old man with a moving camera, and that's kind of, you know. Right, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yes. Um, and then, of course, it's important to say that Kino Klasika does not just like post-Soviet films. There's a, a lot of the films, probably the majority even, have been stuff from the Soviet era, which it's just wonderful seeing like the breadth of stuff that was produced because it wasn't just Tarkovsky and kind of arty stuff yeah I know yeah so we do we, we've done some restoration work as well on on some lovely films but um mm. we kind of do both the classic you know the classics from the Soviet times and also try to try to showcase some newer stuff some post-Soviet stuff that people normally don't expect from Russia I think it's 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 very much like it has to be very artsy and very serious and people don't really expect like like a lovely comedy to be a Russian you know Russian film yeah right 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 yeah it's kind of like people's national stereotypes kind of like only accommodate like two or three traits so it's kind of like sense of humor 
Russians? Yeah, really? literally. Okay. <laughs> At least to British people and probably to Americans as well. Uh, people just kind of like think Ivan Drago from the <laughs> from Rocky Four, yeah, and that's yeah. sort of like our picture, unfortunately, which is which is quite sad. But yeah, I'm really uh, you know glad that Kino Classica is doing uh, a lot to rectify that and sort of show a broader side to Russian cinema and kind of by extension like. Can you even talk about the Russian character? But you know, Russian culture as a whole, rather than just this kind of like distorted version that we we often like have in our stereotypes. Yeah, we definitely we definitely try to represent a little bit, kind of kind of different sides of the Russian character, and and kind of just also show films from like different regions and kind of show that you know there are in Central Asia there are many different countries and all of them do drastically different films, and you know. Armenia and Georgia have amazing, you know, um, amazing film collections that, amazing classical films, both in the Soviet times and now, um, that the UK, kind of standard UK audiences haven't really heard about, and hopefully we can highlight. Yeah, like I recently saw on Mubi uh, Maria Sarkin's film The Lighthouse, which I understand uh, Kino Classica has been involved with the restoration of that and that is just an absolutely beautiful film and I'm so, I'm so glad that more people will get to see that yeah we we um as it, that happened before before my time at Kino mm. but we we helped restore the film and then it kind of we we want to think that we kind of saved that film a little bit from like you know oblivion because not not a lot of kind of film people have heard of it but after we restored it um clearly that there's demand there to to screen it and including movie that's very very lovely that it's it's represented there Mm, yeah yeah yeah. it is a great film yeah i mean kind of in the in the vein of tarkovsky i guess as far as like the visual style but yeah definitely its own thing as well and and of course it's like a russian i guess russian Ar- i don't know whether it's a russian armenian co-production or whether it's just mostly shots in armenia i mean and of course maria sarkin herself was was armenian but like spent most of her life in in uh, living in russia so yeah yeah it, it's really hard to distinguish those things because when uh we've been working on the streaming platform and kind of the question of um, which film should belong in which country is such a kind of complicated question because the the, the boundaries are quite blurred. Like, is Danelia, is he, he's a Georgian director, uh, but he filmed, you know, films like I Walk Around Moscow, um, mm. which is, um, you know, a classic Russian. It's about Russia. It's, um, you know, he, he filmed, he filmed some, uh, he made some Georgian films with Georgian actors, but it was still kind of more, he worked with Mosfilm and it was mm. kind of more of a, a Russian, I guess, led Russian produced films, even if it was about Georgian characters and he was Georgian. So yeah, it's it's a bit kind of like, where do you draw the line? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Very, and very kind of blurred with, you know, like, especially in the pre, like, fall of the Soviet Union times, because everyone is like, primarily... Soviet, but then they've got their sub-nationality, which I guess not necessarily everyone from the West would know that on your Soviet passport you had a category that was nationality and that was, like, your kind of, like, ethnic background, I guess. So Yeah, definitely. And then also kind of I think some people felt more 
like they belong to the nation than others mm, um i right, think it right. really depends on like how you kind of how how you, if you associated with being georgian or armenian or you were just like a soviet comrade right um, right right yeah, yeah. And, and then people it's moved, of the world yeah yeah and then people moved around a lot so i mean like um Sergei Parajanov. I mean, I think his he was born in Georgia, but his family were ethnic Armenians, and I think he studied film in Moscow, but did most of or did a lot of his work in Ukraine. So it's kind of like yeah, it's it's also very much like there wasn't a lot of infrastructure. So if mm. you wanted to study film, you probably would go to the center. Yeah, to Moscow to Geek, and there wasn't a lot of kind of regional studios didn't have as much autonomy and as much resources as like Moss film and Len film mm. um, and Gorky film. So a lot of people would go, but then like uh, come back like Kira Muratova. Right. Because she stayed in Odessa and filmed in Odessa like most of her life, even though she, I believe she studied in Moscow, probably. I might be wrong. Yeah, I think I'm, I'm like 90, 95% sure that's right. Yeah. 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 Um. And sorry, I'm kind of jumping around a bit here, but you know, people who've heard episodes of this show before will uh, will kind of know that that's how it works. But how about you and your role at uh, Kino Classica? Because you've joined relatively recently, but what have, what have you been doing? Yeah, so um, basically, I me joining is a bit of a weird story because um, I'm a social anthropologist, um, so very far from film. Um, I finished uh, my master's at the University of Edinburgh. And I've, I've kind of been uh, looking uh, for things to do. Um, sure. And my friend sent me a tweet from one of his friends with like a notes app screenshot of oh, someone okay. of someone kind of saying like, oh, like this, I know this, like this company is looking for volunteers. If you like, if you were into film, you should help them. Um, and I was like, oh, I'm into film. I love film. And also, obviously, I'm Russian, so I have the, <laughs> um, I can speak both languages, I, I could be really helpful, and I have nothing else to do. And then I met Justine, who's our founder and director, and I just, I just kind of found myself home. Um, it, it, it was just like such a lovely, such a lovely team, and they're doing such lovely work. So I started in September, uh, and mm. I started kind of editing like contracts, like translating bits, doing bits of curating. And then we were planning this January film season of Russian comedies. And the premise for that was, you know, everyone thinks Russian films are so serious and Tarkovsky-like. Right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and we want to show that Russian comedies also exist. Uh, even though half of the comedies were really also quite tragic. <laughs> There um, is, they kind of like, they kind of have to slide that element in of like the national stereotype. Yeah, because we kept kind of, because we were watching so many films trying to decide which mm. ones would be good for the for the season. And we kept just being like, oh, this is a great film, but is it really a comedy? And we're just being like, <laughs> is it? I don't think so. Um, there, are, there are lots of jokes, but it kind of ends on a downer kind of thing. <laughs> yeah, it always, it really always does. Um, so basically... Uh, working on that, I became the season manager for mm. the season. And the season just kept being pushed a little bit forward, a little bit yeah, forward. Yeah. And then it's just in the end because of, uh, we've been working on the streaming platform as well. And I kind of became more involved with the streaming platform. And then because of this 
lockdown we've realized it was it was sure. planned to happen in March but we've kind of realized you know it's probably not going to happen there's a very low possibility and um, so we're going to stream stream the films some of the films on the platform kind of as it launches so my work didn't quite you know my work still made it <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah but just in a slightly sort of different form yeah yeah made it to the big screen but in a slightly different form so right now I'm kind of a I guess researcher curator a little bit communications manager um, because I do most of the communications with the Russian studios and looking for film rights and kind of um, doing all the contracts and communication with them like calling them um, because it's a bit easier for me to do being a Russian speaker. Right, right, right. You, yeah, you're not you're not doing it in a in a second language and like having to go, I don't know what this word yeah, is. Yeah, which which is also like everyone has like a kind of a basic understanding of Russian and Justine is very she's very good, but it's still like it's less work for me than for her. So I'm just gonna, you know, I'm just gonna do it. Right, 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 right. Yeah. because uh, I mean she has an interesting story as far as like her like getting involved with Russian films as well. Like um, I understand that, like, I guess it's getting on for 10 years ago, she starred in a Russian film um, and therefore had to, like, learn Russian for the Yeah, role. I was, I, I'm not sure if it was a Russian film or she just had to speak Russian for the film. Or maybe it was, like, a co-producer mm. or something, but she just, like, learned Russian from scratch. Just, you know, as you do. <laughs> as you do, which is very impressive for me because as a Russian speaker, if, if I wasn't a native Russian speaker, I would never learn Russian because that sounds really <laughs> complicated. Like, that sounds so hard. Yeah. I mean, I joke that, that Russian is a language that doesn't want you to learn it. Uh, <laughs> it re- that's, a really good, that's a really good description. It really doesn't. Because I feel like, I mean, my Russian is is really, like, it's intermediate on a good day and it's also incredibly rusty. But, um, yeah, just, like, there's it's a very steep initial learning curve. Mm. Yeah, uh, um, anyway, so we've got this comedy uh, season being sort of incorporated into the into the launch of of the streaming yes. service. Could you tell Could you tell us a little bit more about uh, what else is going to be on? Right. There? So basically, the streaming service is very exciting. It's basically going to be a permanent collection of around sixty titles of kind of more classics and more like Soviet time titles with some exceptions from Russia, Ukraine, Armenia, Georgia, and some Central Asian countries, Uzbekistan, Kazakhstan. Mm. We don't have all the, don't quite have all the titles confirmed yet, uh, but hopefully very soon because the launch is very soon. We are not, we are completely calm, not stressed at all. Um, (laughs) (laughs) um, Yeah, so we... (laughs) Perish the thought. But we have a permanent collection and then we will have picks of the week, uh, which are just one film highlighted every week for and streaming for one week only. And that's going to be more modern titles and more kind of like, hopefully more exciting, but also those that maybe you wouldn't, you wouldn't necessarily, I don't know, not, I don't want to say wouldn't like, wouldn't pick yourself, but kind of like that need a bit more explaining that kind of like that nice all the nice background information that we provide is going to be super helpful and kind of like mm. the fact that it's only one week is going to kind of push you to like watch this kind of long and maybe you know a little bit dark a little bit tarkovsky style film 
but then you're going to really more challenging shall we say yeah let's say let's say more challenging yeah but some some of them are also light and fun um but yeah so we're going to have a permanent collection at pick of the week and then with every title we have a lot of background kind of information so we'll have links to different articles and we translated a lot of interviews from different directors so we have like subtitles for all of those and we'll have like blog posts and like bibliographies for further reading on some of the films so we just kind of give you hopefully a nice context to watching all of these films because I feel like it, it you really especially for some of the classics you really need to know some of the context and like oh this was the 50s this is how much you know censorship affected this this is uh, kind of the director's biography this is where they came from we'll have program notes for everything um so yeah it's quite like a curated education experience as well sure it's like you're you're providing like the keys to the to the building it's kind of like there's this wonderful building but it's got all of these locked doors and unless you have the keys you're going to be like well i'm sure that room's interesting but i can't get into it and then you've you know just having this context is kind of like oh i can get in and like enjoy that room now because i have like the background knowledge sorry this is a rather tortured metaphor yeah literally yeah but it's, it's very true because i think Russian and kind of like like Soviet cinema is so so interesting and um, but it's very hard to read about a lot of kind of uh, like besides yeah. kind of the main classics it's quite hard to find information on a lot of it is in Russian it's very hard to find subtitles Indeed. so all of we've subtitled a lot of films ourselves um mm. so everything will have um correct English subs which is very very nice that's the other thing is like <laughs> like regular listeners to my show will sometimes hear the complaint that i make that like well i watched a version of this on youtube and the subtitles you know were understandable and i know enough russian to kind of like oh okay i see what they meant there but yeah sometimes it is, it is a little bit of a uh yeah a stumbling block is is just the availability of stuff in english and yeah it's and you don't get like the wordplay and the little jokes and yeah and like for me i only know russian so some of like armenian and georgian films i still haven't watched because we're waiting on the subtitles to, right, to right, be right, done right, yeah. uh, so i'm quite i'm actually quite excited for the launch because i'll i'll have a chance to watch all of these films that I haven't haven't watched before because i couldn't because i don't know the language it would essentially just be like oh well <laughs> you know just watching it for the pictures which, you yeah. know, hey, it's cinema, like, it's a visual medium, but yeah. Um. Yeah, sometimes sometimes you have to just, like, kind of judge by the picture and be like, oh, it's probably, it's probably a good film. Uh, some of our team, obviously, like, some know Russian very well, mm. but some kind of know a very basic, basic level of Russian, which is not enough to watch films, which is very annoying because then they can't appreciate, I'll be, like, ranting about a film and, <laughs> you know, it's only in Russian. But yeah, so basically, subtitles very exciting and then like all of the materials that are kind of framing framing all of the wonderful films and then we're doing free february and march are going to be free for basically to access everything everything on the platform and then starting from april we're rolling out a subscription model which will mean that you'll still get the core i think 30 films of the permanent collection uh, for free and they will always remain free and then the additional half of the films and the pick of the weeks are going to be in the subscription model. Sure, sure, sure. Um, so, and then how about 
in the kind of like medium to long term future of the of the platform, what's what's kind of coming down the pipeline? So basically, we're kind of trying to move both in the direction of bringing in more kind of more seasons and more like themed like groups of films um, and also becoming more educational adding more materials because for now we kind of have like our bases covered but we would like to translate more things and hopefully maybe do some interviews ourselves because we are in contact with a lot of great directors and great actors and filmmakers from from russia so someone maybe me might be traveling to russia when the borders finally reopen to do some do some exclusive interviews and then kind of season wise obviously i'm i'm the lgbt specialist in the group but we're kind of all quite interested in um queer film so we were thinking of at some point doing a themed this is very much in the is still in the works, still still processing, but we really want to do a little season of queer Russian and post-Soviet films to uh, to show maybe kind of maybe around Pride, maybe a little bit later. But that's that's happening, and we were thinking also of doing some book-to-film adaptation series of a few films as well, maybe like a mini season. Of course, yeah, with like such a rich literary tradition and you know yeah. many many adaptations yeah 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 i know yeah so that's that's kind of depending on it all depends on kind of what films we can get and what kind of what relationships we build with different studios because obviously there are kind of core titles that a season wouldn't be like wouldn't be possible with like some some core amazing titles and mm. um, so we'll see about that cool cool um and I was going to ask this earlier and it kind of like passed by, but I, I wanted to ask, like, as far as like working with the Russian studios to secure like the rights and the and the content itself, like how, like how, how challenging is that? It's, it's not as challenging as you would think. Hmm. The main thing is that everyone is called Olga. <laughs> um <laughs> Uh, I'm 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 laughing just just you know it's 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 a laughter of of, of recognition because as you know many uh, listeners will know I I worked as a as an English language teacher and I did off I did find that Russian naming conventions are very very uh, conservative shall we say so it's kind of like a pool I mean obviously the possible pool of names you can be picking from is pretty large but in terms of like what practically people choose from like it's really quite small it's like about six or seven female names and about six or seven male names so like yeah it's very true true. lots of olgas and lots of katyas in my experience (laughs) lots of marshes as well quite a lot of at least in my kind of age group but i i laugh a lot because like my my friends in the UK would be like, oh, you have such a unique name. No one no one really says that, but people are like, oh, like that's quite a pretty name. And I'm like, listen, you don't know. Everyone back home is called Olga. Um, <laughs> so we we literally have a joke at this point because we had Len Film, Gorky Film, and a third studio, I forgot, maybe Dovzhenko, um, and all of the people that we were talking to were named Olga. Um, <laughs> So we we had like a little joke of like oh like guess which the studio you know contacted like we contacted the studio 
who's the contact person guess the name it's Olga it's always Olga um, <laughs> <laughs> we had like Olga number five Olga number six but you know apart from that it's, it's been it's been less kind of challenging than you would expect but also different studios have very different kind of not even terms but kind of that they are how do I say it but so basically Moss Film yeah is a really big studio so they ask for more money they kind of require more attention and more like they they know how incredibly important they are and they know that without (laughs) You know, without their titles, we're not going to have a platform. Even in the nicest way possible, their films are absolutely amazing and we're very lucky to have them. Mm. But just kind of like, you know, Autumn Marathon, Office Romance, you know, Carnival Night, Kinzadza, every Danelia or Razan of title, that's almost film. So you kind of can't really have a diverse platform without them <laughs> yeah it's gonna be it, it's gonna be like very obscure if if moss film aren't on board yeah literally so kind of like they're very very precious a very precious kind of group but then you know obviously we're like all of our all of our studios but some studios were kind of much more easygoing and much kind of more like oh like we have quite a few cartoons from say use mm. film uh some really great animations and they've been just incredibly lovely and just so like easygoing and so open and they were just like you know offering us like loads of different loads of different options and they were like oh like maybe you want this or like that extra uh you know animation and then that compared to the new the contemporary titles that are completely absolutely impossible to hunt for mm. we've we've like we, it's been weeks where we've been trying to find who has the rights to like two or three films that we just can't hunt down because we keep contacting this studio and they say contact this studio and they say oh actually we don't have the rights and then it's just a big kind of because after kind of the age of the studios ended with you know the Soviet Union it's just been a big free-for-all and it's very hard to track down because also rights get rebought and companies get you know out of business and yeah that's that's just a bit of a mess but the big the big old studios are great and all of them have Olga on board which i love <laughs> i love a good olga <laughs> <laughs> uh, awesome um so so yeah um i thought it would be remiss of me before we go not to ask what you're like i know it'll probably be hard to choose but you're like personal favorites of the stuff that we've got uh, you oh know God. to come that's right do you want like a top three or like one from every country or oh top five like... <laughs> actually i don't think i can do one from every country but i can i can do a few <laughs> yeah how about like a personal top three and then like maybe some like favorites from like beyond beyond russia okay yeah i can do that okay i'm just being greedy you know <laughs> um personal top three I am a big fan of contemporary titles and that's, I, I really appreciate the classics. They're very good, but they rarely make it to like top three. So I'm going to say Arrhythmia, which is a 2017 Hlebnikov title, which is really, really nice. Then Pechki Lavochki, which is not a contemporary title. Uh, it's a Shukshin film. Okay. I want to say 80s, but I actually don't remember. In English, it's translated as Happy Go Lucky. 
Ah, right, right, right. Yeah. I have heard of that. Yeah. I just hadn't heard the Russian title. Yeah, because Arrhythmia I'd heard of, and obviously the Russian title is very similar. Yeah, so Pechki, Pechki, Lovachki, Pechki is the Oven? ovens. Ovens. And Lovachki is like what you sit on in like trains. Like, oh, okay. Um, yeah, so it's it, it translated as happy go lucky. That's a really funny, uh, it's a really funny one. And then maybe I think I'm gonna go with an Uzbek title, um, Tulpan. Um, it's Tulip, right? Yes, Tulip. It's a 2008 title that is really, really just beautiful and just very kind of in the same. If you've seen Mihalkov's, what's it called? Urda Territore Lubvi. But in, in English, it's like heaven, heaven something. It's in Mon Mongolia, it's shot in Mongolia. Right, it's like very late 80s or like very yeah. early 90s. Yeah, yeah, not seen it, but like heard, yeah. Yeah, that's that's also very good. But uh, Tulpang is kind of in, in that kind of realm, but made by an Uzbek director and with Uzbek actors. And that's just quite, that's just completely different kind of, I don't know, just a different aftertaste when it has this this kind of cultural background behind it and it's absolutely beautiful. Mm. So I'd say these are the three, although I can change my mind at any moment. <laughs> right, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's it's kind of mean making you pick favourites. Yeah, and then as like an additional regional title, I'd say Blue Mountains. It's a Georgian comedy. I'd say maybe 70s, but it's it's not a very well-known title, um, but we're going to have it on Classic so you can check it out oh awesome yeah that was new to me yeah it's basically just this amazing i don't know how it went through the censorship that's kind of the the beautiful thing about regional cinema in the soviet union about different nations and um, that some kind of films in georgia and armenia maybe went through the censorship a bit easier than Mm. That's my personal. That's my personal theory. Yeah, yeah. Was there a bit of a, a like, a, well, how many people are really going to see this anyway? Kind of attitude going on. Yeah, quite possibly, or maybe just, just like there wasn't as much of like, you know, as many eyes watching as mm. Moscow and Saint Petersburg. But basically, Blue Mountains is the story of this guy writes a book, I think, and he's trying to get this book published in his in this publishing house. So it's just the whole story is just him going through all the the hell absolute hell of russian bureaucracy which is just very relatable is just very recognizable <laughs> well obviously it's, it's not russian it's georgian bureaucracy but you know soviet bureaucracy the, yeah, yeah yeah and yeah. it's just he's just he just keeps going to the same people and they all you know tell him to go to other people and then it's just like it's just round and round in circles and it's it gets funnier and funnier as you go and then it i'm not going to spoil the ending but it ends in a way that's a very kind of obvious metaphor of kind of how the soviet bureaucracy is going to end ultimately oh really wow <laughs> and it's very that's why that's why i'm kind of like very surprised that it went through the censorship yeah it's funny like uh i literally this weekend just watched carnival night and i was just like how did this get made in 1956 i mean i know they just had the secret speech and things were starting to open up but it's kind of yeah. like wow i mean like eldar rizanov must have had had absolute like you know balls of steel to be like yeah so the main 
the main antagonist is a bureaucrat and he's just an idiot. And yeah. the whole film is just going to be everyone like dragging him and like pointing out how stupid he is. There's a really famous anecdote and we kind of, I'm not entirely sure if it's true or not, but there's an anecdote about um, Kinzadzan. Oh, okay. Yeah. Very much on my watch list. Haven't seen it yet, but... It's it's very good. It will be on Classic King. Uh, but basically, it's it's this, obviously, Danelia's really famous kind of sci-fi film that's quite risque for the time, because it's kind of... Mm. It's, it's not as straightforward because it happens on a different planet, but it's also quite... There's a certain subtext going on that, like, yeah, this is set somewhere else, but does it remind you of somewhere that you might know? Exactly, yeah. So basically, to make it go through censorship, allegedly he, at the very end of the movie, he stitched a scene of, like, a massive explosion or, like, Earth exploding or something to that extent, so something very drastic and definitely not something that censorship would allow and they were so absolutely shocked by that ending that they completely forgot about most of the movie so they were incredibly yeah, it's, it, it's all about it's all relative isn't it so you see this like massive well we definitely can't allow that and then it just kind of that focuses all of their attention exactly i mean i hear stuff like this happening like you know in the haze code era of hollywood where mm. they'll put something in that they just like no the censor's just going to jump on so they can sneak the actual thing that they want in the movie yeah exactly past, so, so so allegedly they were just like you can't have that in this is terrible like that you have to cut the entire ending off um so he did obviously cut that bit and then the mm. the film managed to pass through the censorship untouched Oh, awesome. Yeah, so, like, this is just a decoy, so you just kind of, like, go for that instead. Yeah, so it really it really kind of, I think, made a lot of filmmakers very sneaky, very smart in, in the ways they tried to present their work and kind of cover up things, and, like, there's a lot of, like, really smart metaphors in Soviet film that I think maybe we don't get as much of today mm. because they just had to hide their tracks really well. Yeah, 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 and that... that you know going back to like providing the context just makes that even more important of like okay so this is the thing that you need to know like with for example welcome or no trespassing which is like a personal favorite of mine oh i love welcome or no trespassing yeah man I, it's such a shame that lm klimov is mainly known in the west for come and see which don't get me wrong it's a masterpiece. I've actually I've no, actually never seen that i i hate to admit um maybe wait till the pandemic is like somewhat better because it's such a you know a downer mm, yeah uh, as you might imagine with the subject matter but you know it's not it's not a film to watch you know necessarily if if like you're kind of you know if the world is on fire yeah it's it's not a film to make you feel better about you know life the universe and everything yeah yeah but yeah it's it's so sad that he's mainly known for that and like seemingly nobody in the west knows about this like beautiful and you know incredibly subversive comedy that he made like right at the beginning of his career so uh yeah, yeah i really hope that that's that's gonna be featured at some some stage so that's that's me kind of like <laughs> yeah it was it was definitely on the list but obviously we can't get everything that we want but now we have a sure, very extensive list of things that are next on the list as soon right, as we right, can. Right, 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 uh, But yeah, 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 I did. I did love that film. But yeah, 
I was listening, obviously in preparation for this, I listened to a couple of your episodes. Oh, okay. Very, very, very lovely. And I think I will, I will continue because they actually give me a lot of interesting ideas. But uh, I was uh, listening to the Office Romance one. Oh, yes, with Michelle Birdie, yeah. Yeah, that was that was such a good episode. But I was I was just thinking, I didn't know this, that when they were reading, you'll have to remind me because I don't remember, uh, but they were reading a poem to each other, the two main characters, and the poem was not kind of the official poetry, kind of a bit oh, of Oh, right, right, right. Yeah, it's long enough ago now that I can't even remember what the po- who the poem was by, but yeah, yeah, the fact that it was kind of like not a sort of like approved yeah me 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 neither was it maybe brodsky i'm not too sure that sounds that sounds plausible yeah well (laughs) you know but uh but like that kind of like i didn't even realize that that was a nod to like Mm. them both being kind of intelligenza and and like you know in in the circles of not quite conforming to the to the main agenda to yeah or sort of like doing the out the outward like at work and around the place you kind of like keep up the sort of like the face diligence yeah face Mm. but like behind you know behind closed doors and in your private life you kind of have some kind of like not officially sanctioned kind of interests and pastimes and yeah yeah exactly and you kind of like you don't even get these little nods unless you lived in that time i feel like because like obviously Mm. i've never lived in the soviet union so i didn't really I don't really know which, you know, authors were which. Well, kind of mm. do a little bit, but... Um, yeah, sure, but you don't have, like, the level of, like, aha, instant, like, recognition that, like, contemporary audiences would have had, sure. Yeah, exactly. Like, me and, like, my parents or my grandparents just have, like, completely different brains in that regard. Mm, yeah. Like, they, they have this, like, very quick understanding of, what, like, you know, what was in the context allowed and what wasn't. And I'm just guessing. Sure. And what was sort of like, yeah, it's it's not banned, but it's also not exactly approved of. It's kind of like, okay, you like this, that's not enough to do anything to you, but mm. it's also enough for us to be like, okay, I've got my eye on you, like slightly more mm. so than we've got our eye on, ev- on everyone else. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And there's those weird little things like in um, Moscow Does Not Believe in Tears, where the sort of like stodgy husband shows up to look for Alexei Batalov's character when mm. he's kind of like stormed off in a half and he's just asking questions around the flat and no one says it but the subtext when he's asking around the neighbours is that he's a KGB agent because that's yeah. who a random stranger kind of like asking these impertinent questions would have been. So that's why everyone kind of like is so on edge when they're talking to him. Yeah. And just mm-hmm. that was a sort of like you'd just know that if you're a contemporary audience. So it was kind of like a little... Yeah. Kind of, gives it a little extra kind of edge, I guess. Yeah, it's very interesting. Um, and then, like, on the on the other side of that, there are a lot of things that are a bit, like, in retrospect, you think, like, all of those were put in because, you know, certain people, like, censorship wanted a certain thing to be mentioned. Mm. And then, like... I'm I'm thinking I walk around Moscow. Okay, right, yes. Which is uh, Danelia's sixty, maybe that around that time film. No, I want to say it's like sixty three, sixty four, somewhere in there. Yeah, I think I think you're right. I think you're right. I've um, I've not seen it yet, but I I know that it has a very very 
young and, you know, so young he's pre-moustache, Nikita Mikhailkov, <laughs> which I've not seen it yet, but it is also just the concept of him without, like, this giant, like, uh... <laughs> like broom of a moustache yeah, it's is, the is only the odd. only chance you you get in seeing seeing him without the moustache that's no nowhere else yeah. <laughs> nowhere else is that possible but there's yeah he's he's super young in that actually there's a story about the film that's they they were casting the film um originally and they were thinking about Nikita Mihalkov uh, but he was too young but then they they gave the script into the you know the censorship whatever Goskin or agency and they took so long to approve of it that Nikita Mihalkov was has grown up enough to play the lead <laughs> to actually get the role yeah yeah I heard another thing where he asked for more money and they were like no in that case we'll get somebody else and then he kind of like broke down in tears and like begged for forgiveness and was like allowed back on that may be totally apocryphal but... I mean that honestly that sounds like him um, but if he wasn't, <laughs> <laughs> yes. but what I was thinking about is that in the beginning, there's a scene in a church that um, basically one of the, the main character kind of runs, runs into a church to, oh, I think maybe like search for someone or he was, he was chasing someone. Mm. But basically this scene is very, very obviously mocking people who go to churches and kind of religion, religion in general. And it's just kind of like, kind of almost this like making the sacred space like filming in the sacred space and making it kind of as comic comedic as possible and that's I I, I don't know what Danelia's views were on religion but I'm guessing that it was more of a nod towards you know we're doing everything right we're very much on the Soviet agenda please let this film through you know because it wasn't really you know it wasn't really a part of the film to make fun of any church um, I don't think so. It's not part of the plot. It's just kind of a random, a random moment in the beginning of the film. Yeah, it's the sort of thing where if it had ended up on the cutting room floor, it it wouldn't like fundamentally affect the plot in any yeah, way. Yeah, kind of yeah, literally. Uh, how interesting. But yeah, cool. Well, Olga, thank you so much for your time and telling us about Kino Classica and what you're all up to. And yeah, really excited uh, about the platform. Oh, thank you so much. Well, this was a, a lovely little conversation and please come visit Plastic uh, and let, let me know, let me know what you think of the collection. Of course. Yeah, yeah, definitely will do. All right. Well, thank you very much for, for joining us and uh, das Vidania, folks. Das Vidania. I hope you enjoyed this special episode. If you're interested in finding out more about Kino Klaska, you can find them on Twitter, Facebook and Instagram. And their website is www.kinoklaskafoundation.org. You can find more about Klaski by using the link in the show notes, where you'll also find the contact details for this show. Take care and speak to you soon.